And Siri can give us a lot of information, right? <laughs> yeah, not if you don't have a... If you don't have an Apple smartphone, you, you're not going to get Siri. But Siri can give us a lot of information, but it's not going to help us in life a whole lot. But thankfully, God has given us His Word, and His Word does help us in life. It doesn't give us necessarily specific details, but it does give us kind of like a like if you're doing a painting, it gives you broad brush strokes so that we can take the wisdom that God has given to us in His Word, and then we can take that and apply it to our lives. For example, some of you who are single, uh, you'll say, Hey, God, I want you to show me the exact person that I'm going to marry in my life. And man, you can search all through the Scriptures and you might find Delilah, but you're not going to find the person that you're going to marry. But the Bible will tell you for the, for the characteristics and the traits of the person that you should look for in a spouse. It's up to you to apply that wisdom to your life. The Bible's not going to tell you what to do in every specific situation as a parent. Uh, the Bible's not going to tell you to jerk you know, your child up by the seat of his pants and what my daddy used to say, tear not in his hind parts. But the Bible's going to give you details as to how you should parent your children. Bible's not going to tell you where to work. Sometimes we want to say, yeah, God, should I go here? Should I go there? Should I do this? Should I do that? And the Bible's not going to just lay out a, a, a map for your life, but it is going to tell you how to have a strong work ethic and how to give you wisdom from staying away from places that are going to promote sin. You don't want to work in an environment like that. And so this morning, as we think about this idea of wisdom, the book of Proverbs is a great place to go to think about Seeking God's wisdom. Seeking the wisdom that the, the Lord gives. And honestly, the book of Proverbs, I, I tried to do a study on the book of Proverbs, I don't know, a few years ago on Wednesday nights. And if I'm honest, the book of Proverbs is extremely hard to teach verse by verse. Because the, the writer of the book of Proverbs, maybe not here in chapter 1, but when you get into some of the latter chapters, it's like, it's almost like he's got a thought here, and he mentions it, then he goes here, then he goes there, then he goes... It's just everywhere. And so it's, it's somewhat hard to teach, but it's... The book of Proverbs, Billy Graham said that he, he liked to read a chapter of Proverbs every day of the month. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and so he liked to read one chapter per day throughout the entire month. And then he'd repeat that. Johnny Hunt, who, um, uh, who's going to be at the men's conference this coming weekend... Um, and he likes to do the same thing. And so the book of Proverbs really is one of those books that you could just read every single day uh, during your quiet time. All right, so this morning we're going to start Proverbs chapter 1. It's going to be on the screen. Stand with us. We're going to read the first seven verses uh, together. Proverbs 1, the first seven verses. You'll find these similar words. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive, receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, 
the words of the wise in their root. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would help us to understand this idea of godly wisdom. The Lord, more importantly, God, help us not to just understand it. Lord, help us to follow it. Lord, help us You guys, go ahead and be seated. I want you to see three things this morning. And we're really just going to ask them in the forms of a question. In the form of a question. What is wisdom? What is its purpose? And how do I get it? All right. I've already filled it out in your bulletin, uh, in your little handy dandy uh, insert there. Those three questions is what we're going to try to answer. Okay. So let's ask this question What is wisdom? Okay, if we're going to understand the wisdom that God gives us, uh, if we're going to gain wisdom, we've got to know what it is. And as you read through the book of Proverbs, what you begin to see is that, is that we, you don't just see the word wisdom. There are many synonyms that you see as it relates to wisdom. And so it's really, it's almost like there's different shades of wisdom, and they all overlap. And even in our text, it speaks, verse 2, to know wisdom in what? instruction to receive uh, to understand words of insight so wisdom is instruction it's understanding words of insight verse three is to receive instruction and wise dealing verse four is to give prudence it speaks of knowledge and discretion in some of your bibles it speaks of uh it speaks of discretion it speaks of discipline and all of these things it's like great you can't just put wisdom like in a in a box and say this is what wisdom is it's, it's got all of these kind of like branches that branch out from it. And so when it, when it speaks of wisdom, you've got to think that it's, it's very multifaceted in its concept. And so you can't just say, oh, I've got wisdom in a box. Now, here's another thing about wisdom. Wisdom is, a, is much more than just gaining information. For, for some of us, we think if we, if we know what's going on in a particular text, if we know what's going on in a particular situation... If I just know something, then I, I know what to do. But that's not true. For example, if you have two, uh, two sisters, same grade, one brings home straight A's, one brings home C's. But the one who brings home C's is very obedient to her mom and dad. The one who brings home straight A's is very disobedient to her mom and dad. Which one's why? The one who makes the seeds, right? Why? Because wisdom is much more than information. Wisdom is, 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 is taking things you learn in life and applying them to your everyday situation. Now, here's the second thing. The Bible makes a distinction between wisdom of this world and wisdom that is of God. Because they're not the same thing. Two different types of wisdom. Turn with me in your Bible. If you're in the book of Proverbs in your Bible, go all the way over to the New Testament, to the book of Hebrews, and look in James, I mean, not Hebrews, it's after Hebrews. Uh, look in James chapter 3. Okay, so go to the New Testament, go um, towards the end, go to Hebrews, and then it's right after that, James. 
Hebrew, uh, James. Y'all are going to turn to Hebrew words all over. All right, James chapter 3. Words will be on the screen. Here's wisdom from this word. James chapter 3, beginning of verse 14. But if you are bitterly, je- bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and even demonic. For, whether, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. You see, this is wisdom of the world. It's demonic. It's, it's selfish. It's, it's all about you, if you will. Oftentimes, we, we trust in the wisdom of this world, and we don't even think about it. One of the verses, um, I, I could call her Miss Ruby, but I'm not going to, and she could, uh, she could quote you this verse. We, we, uh, some of us on Wednesday night, on Sunday nights, uh, just reading our Bible plan is, and uh, memorizing some scripture. One of those verses, um, it says something along these lines. I'm testing myself to see if I can do it without looking at it, right? Uh, so, Miss Ruby, you can tell me if I get it right. But it says, but we dare not uh, classify or compare ourselves as some of those, I've already messed it up, I'm sorry, uh, but we dare not compare ourselves or classify ourselves as some of those who are uh, commending themselves. Because when they commend themselves, and I'm paraphrasing at this point because I messed it up, I got nervous. Uh, but it says when they, when they compare themselves, here's what they do. They compare themselves by one another. They measure themselves by one another. And when they do that, what the Bible says, they do it without understanding. Remember what that word understanding uh, is a synonym for? Wisdom. When, when, when you are constantly comparing yourself by the standards of other people that are around you, what the Bible is saying is, is you're not acting wise. You're being very unwise. You're being foolish even. Because your standard of wisdom is not the people that are around you. Your standard of wisdom is not what the culture says. Your standard of wisdom has to go back to the scriptures and what God says should be true for you. I thought about this. I heard somebody say this this week. Just in realms of the culture. And it just, it just really made sense to me. Everybody in this room has, has been influenced by the culture in, in some pretty negative ways. Most of us in this room will watch movies without blinking an eye that 50 years ago your parents and grandparents would not have been allowed to. It would have been too X-rated. Most of us listen to things on, the, on music that 50 years ago it would have been way too vulgar. And you know what we say in this day and time? Well, it's just what everybody else is doing. Man, we're doing exactly what the Bible is saying, what Paul is saying here. Uh, we're, we're not gonna, we shouldn't be classifying ourselves against the culture. We shouldn't be classifying ourselves or comparing ourselves with what the culture says is okay. We have to go back to the Scriptures and say, okay, what should be true of me in my life? Because, but you see, the wisdom of the, this world, it's very selfish. Because what we want to know, what the wisdom of this world says, the wisdom of the world says, do what is right for you. 
The wisdom of this world says if you're in a bad situation, get out of it. It's, it do what's best for you. Don't worry about what anybody else says. In finances, the wisdom of this world says don't you worry about giving to the church. You, you take your money and you spend it on you. And at the heart of this, 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 this earthly wisdom is we understand that it's demonic. Yeah, we did a series on spiritual warfare a while back, and, and, and sometimes we lose sight of this. But just here, here was the analogy that's just kind of stuck with me, and maybe you'll remember it. Does anybody see germs around them today? Anybody see germs? But you know they're there, right? That's why we have hand sanitizer like on every corner, because we know that there's germs everywhere. Any of you have ever seen spiritual demons? I haven't. Honestly, I won't I know they're there. I know their spiritual influence is all around. And so therefore, we put on the armor of God and we realize that every situation that we find ourselves in, it, behind that situation, there, there's a spiritual war that is, that is going on in the midst of it. And so when you are in this battle and there's wisdom of this world, understand that that wisdom of the world will take you down a path that you do not need to go. And so what do we do? We turn to the wisdom that is from the Lord. Now, if you're in James chapter 3, look at verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is, first of all, pure. It's not about you. It's pure. It is peace-loving, gentle at all times. It's willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. You know what the wisdom that is from above does? It takes you off the center of your life, and it puts God on the throne of your life. And it says your life is no longer about what is good for you. Your life is about what is good for the kingdom of heaven. And so you begin to live your life in that context. You're saying it's no longer about me. It's about the Lord. Now here's here's the statement. And it'll move us into our next idea. What is wisdom? At the end of the day, wisdom is not a what, but it is a Wisdom is ultimately found in Christ. I think this is going to be on the screen, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 23 and 24. Paul said this, man, you've got to see this. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and, and foolishness to the Gentiles, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. You see, wisdom is ultimately Jesus. He is the wisdom of God. So when Solomon says here, if you go back to Proverbs chapter 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, Jesus is ultimately the son of Solomon. He was born in the line of Solomon under the, the, the line of David. He was the true king who was obedient to everyone. He was the uh, everything that God had said that this king should be. He is the, he is the wise son that perfectly obeyed all of his father's commands. So that's it. Wisdom is Jesus, and when you want wisdom, you do not seek information, you seek Jesus. Does that make sense? You say, when we say, oh man, I just need wisdom. Well, you don't seek, say, all of this knowledge, you seek the person of Christ. Now, here's the second question. What's the purpose of wisdom? Well, think about this. If Jesus is the, the embodiment of wisdom, then the purpose of wisdom is to point us to follow Christ faithfully. And so, Oftentimes, we'll say something like this. Have you ever heard this before? Life is a journey. Life as a follower of Christ is a journey. 
Y'all ever heard of things like that? And so we don't know what the future holds, but we know we have a future. It's like walking in the dark. How many of you have gotten up in the middle of the night and you knew that, that coffee table was like supposed to be 10 feet over that way, but somehow it got right in your path and you stumbled your toe because it was dark. You see, wisdom is like light. It guides us on our path as we're seeking to follow Christ. Now understand what I'm saying. Wisdom is a light that is going to, going to guide us on this path. It is not a spotlight. It is going to give us everything that's going to happen into the future. Wisdom is going to give us enough light to walk through this day that we're going through right here, right now. John chapter 14, verse 6. You don't have to turn there, but just listen. Jesus, one of those I am statements in John. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but, my, but by me. If, if Christ is wisdom, so here's how we would take that and apply that. I am the way. Well, how should you live your life? Well, you follow the way that Christ has set for you. That's what wisdom is. You follow his way. I am the truth. He is the one by which we measure all truth. When, when we hear truth, people espousing truth, we compare it to the truth. He is the truth. We compare everything to what he says. He is the life. There are, there are competing forms of life. People say, man, if you really want to live life, you need, you need to live this way. But Jesus, who is wisdom, says if you really want to experience life, if you really want to know life, you come and follow me. That is what he's saying. This is the purpose of wisdom, so that you can have the way, so that you can have real truth, so that you can have real life in you. So some of you, you here's what you'll do. You'll come to the book of Proverbs, and you'll read it, and you say, Lord, I need advice on how to handle my money. Some of you will come to the book of Proverbs and say, Lord, I need advice for my marriage. Lord, I need advice on how, what I'm doing as a parent. I, I need advice on how to deal with ang anger. And the book of Proverbs speaks to every one of those situations, but you're missing the point. I want you to hear this. Jesus did not die to create good, moral people. Should we be good? Yes. Should we be moral people? Absolutely. But the point is, is that Jesus died so that you could become a new creation in him. And the whole point of the book of Proverbs is telling us to seek wisdom so that our lives can begin to be changed to look like Christ. Are you guys with me? And so the whole point is, all right, here's wisdom. If you want your life to look like Christ, if you have been born as a new creation in Christ, you stay here and you gain wisdom because you want your life to look like Christ. Now notice this. You never stop seeking wisdom. All right, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 4. And so it's to know wisdom, to receive instruction. Verse 4, to give prudence to who? It says to the simple. To give knowledge and discretion to the, to the youth. He's not speaking to those who are necessarily young. He is speaking to those who are young in their faith. Some people have been Christians for over 40 years, but they're still immature in their walk with Christ. For everybody. Because then you get down to verse 5. And he moves from the simple and the youth. He says, now let the wise hear and increase in learning. Never stop seeking wisdom. If I were to ask, you know, excuse me just for a moment. If I were to 
I think this is a pretty safe thing to say. If I were to ask everybody to write down the name of the person who is in this room this morning that has the most knowledge about the Bible, I think if you know this person, you would, everybody in this room would agree with this. And Janet just points. Mr. Philip Abbey. I mean, just very, very knowledgeable. Very, very gifted when it comes to the Scripture. You know what Philip said this past Wednesday night in our Bible study or in our prayer time? He, talk, he was talking about his personal time with the Lord, and he made a statement, I'm paraphrasing something like this. Where did I write it? Here's what he said. I can still can't see it. He said, here's what it is, guys. In all my years of reading, I've never seen that before. Sam, you were there, something like that. I've never seen that before. He said, I, I was reading this, and he read what he read. He said, I've never seen that before. What's happened? The Father is continuing. Fathers continually guide. And see, that's what the book of Proverbs does. It's for everybody, whether you're, you're young and immature in your faith or whether you're, you're old and wise in your faith. Not just the pro- Proverbs, but all of the Scripture. It's for you. It helps you become more like Jesus. You ever heard people say something like this in their marriages? Man, I love you more today than I did when we first got married. Y'all heard people say things like that? Why? Because they've lived together that they've experienced things together. And that's your relationship with Christ. The, the longer you serve Him, the more you love Him. That's what wisdom's purpose is, to make us more like Christ. How do we get wisdom? Look at verse 7. It says that the fear of the Lord, this is the beginning of knowledge. This is the foundation of wisdom. This is where we start. Now listen, listen to this. The fear of God should be to your walk in wisdom what the ABCs would be to a writer. It's the foundation. You never, once you learn the ABCs, it is the foundation by which you do everything else. Or you could say it's, 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 it's similar to what 2 plus 2 equals 4 is to those who are to the mathematician. Uh, addition and subtraction is the foundation upon everything else that we have. Now, the fear of the Lord in Exodus, it's equated with salvation. Now, this is what Philip was referring to when he, what he said God showed him this week. Exodus chapter 7, God begins sending the plagues on the nation of Egypt because Moses goes, hey, Pharaoh, let my, God says, let my people go. Pharaoh says no. And so the plagues begin to happen. And so when you get uh, the seventh plague, it's going on. Pharaoh says this in chapter 9, verse 27. In chapter 9, verse 27 of Exodus, Pharaoh said, This time I have sinned. The Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. Now that sounds like a confession of sin, right? I, I've sinned against the Lord. Me and my people, we're in the wrong. The Lord's in the right. Man, if he was a Baptist, we'd bring that sucker forward and baptize him. But Moses says this in verse 30. But as for you and your servants, Pharaoh, I know you do not yet fear the Lord. Pharaoh knew he was wrong. He knew he had sinned, but he did not fear the Lord. He feared his circumstance. He feared what was going on. 
He didn't want a relationship with God. He wanted his circumstances to change. And in the same way, sometimes we pray, we acknowledge our sin before God, not because we fear him or have any desire to change our lives, but simply because we want the consequences of our sins to be over. God's not fooled by that. So here's what the fear of the Lord is. It is a person who in humility receives instruction from the Lord and follows it. That's what the fear of the Lord is. It's a person who, in humility, it's a humble person, receives instruction from the Lord and he follows it. If you think about Proverbs, Proverbs says a lot about humility, it says a lot about pride. And it's only the person who will humble himself before God that will truly fear the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 3, you see it there? We have to receive instruction. It's not something that we're born with. It's something that has been graciously has to be given to us by the Lord. Like anything else, if we don't humble ourselves before Him, we'll never get it. You see, if you're sitting there this morning and, and you've got this prideful attitude, Lord, I can do this on my own. Lord, I'll get through this by myself. Lord, I don't need you to help in this situation. I wish everybody else would just stay out of my business. If that's your attitude, this is the pride of your heart. And God says, if you don't humble yourself, if you don't in humility receive this, you'll never have it. C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity, here's what he said. A great statement. He said, in God, you come up against something which is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. And unless you know God as that, and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, then you don't know God at all. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you can never look up. Huh? As long as you're looking down, you'll never be able to look up and see. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Job, that precious book, Job 28, verse 28, says this. It says that the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. To turn away from evil, that is understanding. Remember, understanding and wisdom, same concept. Fear of the Lord, that's wisdom. When you turn away from evil, that's wisdom. That's, that's when you know that, that something's going right in your way. When you fear God and walk in wisdom, then there is a turning away from evil and a turning towards the Lord. It's helpful for me. This might not be helpful for you or anybody else, uh, but it's helpful for me. I try to balance both the love of God and the fear of God. Because you see, the fear of God will never create a love of God in your heart. It takes the gospel. It takes understanding that Jesus Christ loved me enough that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected three days later and he did that for somebody like me. I need to see his love on the cross. Because when I see his love on the cross, that, that compels me to want to love him more. But now if I'm honest, even as I'm seeking to love him more, there are sinful passions in my life that still rage within me. It's in those moments that it's the fear of God that says when you give in to those things, there are going to be consequences to your sin. And it would cause me to say, no, Lord, I don't want that. 
So there has to be a healthy balance of both the love of God that's compelling me to love him with everything that I have, but there's also a healthy fear of God that says, no, I don't want to do that because that is going to be detrimental to my walk with Christ. So we balance these. And so Proverbs says this, if you want to gain wisdom, if you want to walk this path of Christ, then it begins with there being a fear of the Lord. The wise person is the person who faithfully follows Jesus. And now this last half of verse 7, it says, Fools despise wisdom and instruction. I want you to think about this. You've got to catch this. If Christ is wisdom, so Proverbs 1 verse 7, it says that the fools despise wisdom. Here's what's going on in your life. God brings wisdom into your life and says, here's what you should do. Here's the way in which you should walk. You and your pride say no to this. You're not just despising the instruction of the Lord. It's literally that you are despising Christ in your life. Fools turn their nose up at the wisdom of God and say, I'm failing to follow Jesus, I will do it my way. Never make it. Never become the person that God calls you to be. Close your eyes. Very simple question. How's your walk with Jesus this morning? Think about it. How's your walk with Jesus? Would you say that you're here this morning and you're saying, man, pastor, man, I'm seeking to follow him with everything that I have. I'm not trying to follow the wisdom of the world. I'm trying to follow the wisdom that Christ gives. I'm, I'm walking in humility trying to be that person. Man, if that's, if that's who you are, man, I rejoice in you. I am very thankful for you. But what if you're here and you say, man, preacher, I'm struggling because I've made some terrible choices. I've followed the wisdom of this world. The world has said I should be doing this. The world has said I should be this. And I've bought into the lie that the enemy has put before me. And now, preacher, my walk with Jesus is suffering. Man, I've got awesome Jesus. Jesus. of that song we just sang a few minutes ago. I need you, Jesus. For some of you, that's where you are. You're messed up and, and you don't need to do a blame game. You don't need to do this. You just need to say, I need you, Jesus, because I'm messed up. Forgive me. Being prideful, forgive me for trying to do things my way. Help me.
follow this path after Christ. Some of you are here this morning, you've never trusted in Christ. He is the wisdom of God. He is the power of God and the salvation. You've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. You've never surrendered your life to Him. We're going to stand up and sing in just a moment. If you've never done that, here's what I'd ask you to do. Just to get up from where you are. Just walk to me. Simply say, Pastor, today, I want Jesus to be my Savior. I want Him to be my everything. That's you to come during our time. Father, I ask that you would move in our midst. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, your spirit would do battle on behalf of your people. We need you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with us.